0: Anime Pulse episode 593 back again to bring you another episode of anime pulse joined by my co-host andrew chan
1: hello
0: yes uh we are going into today's show a little bit tired on both ends myself because i showed up early for once and started drinking a little bit uh sooner than Mm. i should have and uh, Andrew, yeah. because he's super super exhausted from reading news articles,
1: and I'm also because I haven't drank enough, so it's the opposite.
0: <laughs> oh, isn't isn't alcohol yeah. depressant? Shouldn't it make you even tireder?
1: It does it, eventually. Like that's that's like it's like when the you get a caffeine hit, and eventually you feel more tired than when you started drinking coffee. It's like that. At first, alcohol makes me happy. And then eventually, it it drifts down to worse than I was when I started drinking. This is why I don't suggest people drink to deal with their problems and issues. That's a surefire way, surefire way to end up as an alcoholic. The more you know.
0: Hmm. Well, I think, with that out of the way, we can go straight yeah, into our yeah. RL news.
1: How've okay. you, how's your week been?
0: Uh, my week has been pretty moot. Uh, I mean, really, there's not much to talk about. Uh, I've only got like a few, like pointers here. Uh, first things first is that uh, I've continued to play Azur Lane, uh, and mm-hmm. I have now married my first two ship waifus. Oh, nice!
1: Because in Wait, that you've game, you married them both, or have you married them with each other?
0: I can marry them. So as the okay. admiral of your fleet, you can marry as many ship waifus as you want, but you have to have a ring to do so. Well, because I spent a little bit of money on the game, I got a bunch of rings at the beginning of the game. I had three rings. One of them you get for getting your first ship waifu to her max level of affection, uh, which increases like her damage and other stats that she has, which is great. And if you marry them, their stats increase again. Um, It gives you kind of like a a bonus, like the marriage bonus. (laughs) If only Uh that worked the same way in real life, right? Yes, indeed. Well, well, (laughs) Mm I uh, spent my my coin and I worked hard at raising uh, Tago to her max affection level with me. And bada bing, bada boom, I now have a giant breasted... uh, ship waifu in my dockyard. And Mm -hmm. uh, I also married the beginning ship that I went with, the Z-23, which is a submarine. And uh, yeah, so far I think it's a submarine. She might be a ship with just torpedoes, but as far as I know, she's a submarine. I see. Do you have any names? or? No, they are. There're no, What do you mean?
1: Oh, they've got are they got no names for the characters? I mean. No, like, Otago and Z23. Z23. Oh, wow, that's those are the names?
0: Yeah, it's their ship names. They're based upon real-life
1: ships. Right. I thought they might give them like these, you know, like a more kind of cutesy like interpretation of the name, you know? What like, are you talking about? Yeah. Those are adorable names. How is Enterprise Z20?
0: not a super adorable
1: name? <laughs> <laughs> Ah well, I suppose. I mean, I mean, that was like San a number. San Diego. And since when has there been a how, since cute. when has there been a waifu where they have like a code name that's been like a what top waifu? Oh wait, there was 0-2 mm-hmm. last year. Never, never mind.
0: Hmm. Well, I <laughs> have done the deed and married a couple of them now. Uh, only one of them gave me their special like wedding skin that you get from her, which was for Otago because mm-hmm. she's a super popular ship. Um, just because she's very lusty after the admiral, uh-huh. so
1: yeah, hmm,
0: hmm, <laughs> yeah. I made the right choice. <laughs> Did you? Yeah.
1: I mean, you can't really make a right a wrong choice given that you've now implied that you can marry more than one anyway. Oh, you can so marry really all of like them. You, get... you just have to have. Yeah, the so it's not like a choice choice. It's just do it. which order in the end, isn't it? well it's a harem
0: in fact so i love how like self referential the game is because like if you click on some of the ship girls like one of them is even like hey shikkan uh, you know commander what's it like to have a harem i mean shipyard this big <laughs> it's like i see what you did there i get it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm going to be alone for the rest of my life <laughs> <laughs> well um Oh, just stroking my it, it eye, depends. my phone at home. No, my ship yeah. will never leave me.
1: She'll never leave me. She's my precious. It's it's never <laughs> too late to be rehabilitated, Joseph. If you if you ever feel like pursuing other avenues, feel that like we can work through this.
0: Gonna have an intervention. You're gonna show up in my house.
1: Like we're here don't to how, help yeah, you yeah, just, mm-hmm. I don't need help. help I just need more ship waifus. No, 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 no. Joseph, <laughs> put that on the phone. We need to have a heart-to-heart talk. We need to... Over here.
0: <laughs> just turn into Golem. Ah,
1: they took Golem. my precious. <laughs> oh, yeah, Golem's like, yeah. no, no, no. You don't need it. Cast it away.
0: Well, uh, uh... Yes. So, yeah, I've been playing more of that. It's fun. Um mm-hmm. We got another event out that I just started. Uh... Honestly, I can't get too hard into the events just because I'm really low-leveled for a lot of my ships. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm able to like do a couple episodes into the event, and then it's like, oh, level 80 ships. And it's like, fuck, I can't go that far. Guess I'll just back out for now. Um, what else? Oh, I found out that the uh, Arnoff Breakfast, which I had last year in... June, I think it was, May or June, is going to be held in May again, and I've gone and made myself a little extended vacation for that uh, that week. Nice. Yeah, so uh, what happens is the breakfast is all the way down in Kingston, which is a two and a half hour drive from Amsterdam, where I live, and I have to be there at seven in the morning, so that means I have to wake up at three,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that sucks. But I've decided this year that I'm going to start a tradition where I'm going to find out when I find out when the breakfast is being held, I will take off a half day that day and then I'll take off the next day because typically the breakfast is always on a Thursday. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take off half a day that day. So instead of going back to work after the breakfast is over because the breakfast goes from 7am until 9 and then you're expected to go back to work and work until 5, and then go back home. So... I see. I'm not doing that this year. This year, I took a half day off, so as soon as I'm done with the breakfast, I can just go straight home. And then cool. I also have the day after that off. Perfect. Yep, because I took that off as well. And now, before, it was more along the lines of just, I'm just taking it off because I don't want to go back to work after doing the dumb breakfast at 7 in the morning. But this time, I'm actually going to be... Doing something with that time where my aunt or my uncle and his wife will be coming back from uh, coming back from North Carolina. uh, Right around in May and they want to do like a big to do. So we're going to have a dinner on uh, either that Thursday or the Friday and, you know,
1: spend some time together. Mm -hmm.
0: I see. Shoot the shit and stuff.
1: Literally, because you're in America? You're going to actually literally shoot shit? Because you guys have (laughs) guns and all that, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, You know uh, us. Yeehaw! Cowboys and Indians! Just shoot all the people we don't like! Woohoo! Bang, bang!
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) (coughs) That's
0: America for you. Land of the guns. America! Mm. Uh, We're going to have enough politics
1: alone without having to get into, like, your thoughts on gun control, so... It's not to happen to that too much.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't really have too many thoughts on Gun Control anyways.
1: Oh, okay,
0: fair enough. Uh, as for my liquor of choice tonight, I'm actually kind of going mm-hmm. against the grain. Uh, typically, I try to shy away from creamy alcohols because it kind of make your voice a little phlegmy. But uh, not with this one. My father brought home last night a uh, a liquor called... Tippy Cow Orange Cream, which uh, my father knows I love creamsicles, which are like a very low calorie, just like, you know, delicious dessert. And so he bought this thing called Tippy Cow Orange Cream, which is supposed to taste like a creamsicle. It's got Caribbean rum mixed with real dairy cream, and it's uh, imported from
1: Wisconsin. Hmm. Okay. Wow. So they make all the cheese. To this drink. Mm. How is it? It's pretty
0: good, I'll say. When it's cold, it does taste a bit more creamsicle-y. Um, but honestly, it just tastes like sweet rum.
1: I see. Sweet rum is nice though.
0: Yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely like, you know, a sweet, creamy rum. It's it's not it's not very creamsicley y because the creamsicle should have a bit more orange to it. This is lacking that.
1: Uh huh. No. I see.
0: And the only other thing that I can mention is that I am now very hyped for Outer Worlds or The Outer Worlds. Which is the next uh game by I think Obsidian, if I remember correctly. Who is going to be again? Obsidian made uh they developed games like Baldur's Gate. Um, Oh, okay. So, those Western RPGs. Yeah, I think they did Pillars... Did they do Pillars of Eternity? Mm. I think they may have done Uh, something like... Either Pillars of Eternity or one of the other ones that was like Pillars of Eternity. Uh, And they also did... uh, Fallout New Vegas.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, wow.
0: Mm. Yeah, and The Outer Worlds is going to be... Kind of like Borderlands in space, but with Obsidian storytelling, which is phenomenal. Obsidian makes some of the best storytelling out there. So I'm excited. I'm super hyped for this game. Hmm. Cool. Which is cool because I really do want to play a shooter right now. I've been watching um, Brown Man play through Far Cry, uh, Far Cry New Dawn. And I was like, I didn't play Far Cry 5, but Far Cry New Dawn looks pretty fucking cool. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. really liking that look. And I was like, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll just pick up Far Cry New Dawn. It will satiate satiate me. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to hold on to my hype for the Outer Worlds and my money.
1: Yeah. I see. Yep.
0: So... But yeah, that's uh really is about it for me. I haven't really done anything special or any crazy things lately. Anything really to talk about. But uh Yeah Yeah. What uh
1: what do you have for us? Okay. Well, I'm gonna skip my IRL news section. Not that there's nothing going on, but this is it's gonna take more more time to go through the community stuff, so I feel like I should just go straight to that actually. Okay. Um so uh We have comments on episode 591. There's nothing on the newest episode because, you know, we just posted that yesterday. So starting off, pretty light, we have Midnight Crew who comes in who says, thanks for having a pretty chill and balanced take on the Vic Minod... Fucking that last name. Vic Miniana. (laughs) Vic Miniana mess. Been trying to discuss the matter with some friends, but they're hard anti-Vic and see any doubt about the allegations or questioning as harmful and problematic. (coughs) Problematic is in quotes for some reason. So hearing a more measured take on things was really refreshing. I'm not really sure where I stand on the matter myself. I think it's pretty well established at this point that Vic just plain sucks at detecting personal boundaries, but what's the uh, but what that's actually led to I don't know, crew. Also P.S. Andrew, Dororo is actually a girl, which is why she looks and sounds like one. The rare reverse trap character. Ah, Okay, yeah, we did suspect as much it's just I think the language in episode 1 made me suspect that Dororo might be a boy, but I couldn't tell. But yeah, the character design and everything did look kind of girly. So <laughs> yeah. Th- anyway, thanks for that Midnight Crew. Um, I try to be balanced on it, at least in terms of what I- I'll usually try and be clear on what is my opinion and what I- what is actually fact at this point, because there are some things that you know are open to interpretation, like where you stand on the whole guilt until proven innocent stance. Uh, next we have Yotaru Vegeta, who says Morose. Morose mono Mono no Ki kin, Kian is actually a non-Japanese word. It me, it means bad tempered and depressed looking. The more you know, thanks. And then he says two points about the whole Vic debacle. First, like Midnight Crew said, this is a very fair conversation. Whether it's in an actual court or in the court of public opinion, people should be presumed innocent until proven guilty. Um okay, now this is the next part. So In the next part of the comment, you took issue with what I said and addressing this, I will go ahead and respond chronologically to save time. I'd request anyone go and actually read the comment at the source, so you know I'm not misinterpreting or taking what Yotaro Vegeta says out of context here, okay? So first off, you quote me as saying, Why didn't any of the people who were allegedly bad-touched by Vic say something to him? Or say something about it? And although you admit that you're paraphrasing, I actually can't accept that as paraphrasing because the meaning and implication of what you're saying I said have changed. Re-listening to the show, the line you're you're referencing is when I said, quote, if enough people gave the idea that this is not okay, such and such, who knows, maybe it wouldn't have gotten to this point in 2019, end quote. Now, I could have been more articulate, but there is a difference between me speculating with words like who knows and your interpretation being a question like why didn't you correct his behavior? It sounds a lot more accusatory the way you're making me sound here. Uh, You also used words like bad touch, which implies more than what I was running off of at the time. Now keep in mind that my coverage that week was pertaining to things such as hugs and pecks on the cheek at conventions, and none of the other allegations such as issues between him and the other voice actors at the time. There's a big difference between suggesting people tell others if they are uncomfortable with hugs, and blaming others for not taking actual sexual harassers to justice. So, there's a difference between that, which I think is a misinterpretation. So, the next part uh, made me smile because he first assured me that you don't think I'm victim-blaming, Before going on to imply that I'm victim blaming by asking me why it's, quote, the girl or girls, since we're talking about anime fans, duty to correct his behavior, end quote. Which is not a position I hold at all. It's not um, anybody's duty to teach him, though if you're referring to illegal behavior instead of just hugs and kisses, which is what I was talking about at meet and greet, then it's debatably a civic duty to report him, though, if it's actually criminal behavior. I assume you're referring to illegal behavior because your next analogy is whether it's my duty to teach someone who the error of their ways if they punch me in the face as if I'd whip out a PowerPoint presentation to explain why hitting people is wrong. No, it's not my duty to correct him, but or that person that punches me, but since we're talking about a crime of assault here and not the equivalent of meeting someone who gives uh, meeting someone who gives a European style greeting then it would be civic duty again for me to report this individual to the authorities as they may hurt someone else. Anyways, you then go on to speculate reasons as to why people may or may not say something and I'm not going to argue against those since I agree that coming forward takes bravery and you should hear them out rather than be accusatory about why they didn't say something. And also, no, people do not need to bring up their grievances to a restaurant with the staff, uh, but bringing it back to the Vic case, unless we're going off the perspective that he's a monster then it doesn't hurt to say. The take-home message I think I would like to be clear about, and I think I was clear um, during that episode, was that it's important to give both parties uh, the benefit of the doubt. And that includes the accusers, but also the accused. So sorry, Yotaru, for the long response to that section, but it's important that I don't get misunderstood due to the sensitivity of this topic. No hard feelings, and I'll now get back to reading the rest of your comment. Um, anywho, enough serious stuff. I liked your spec ops, the line reference, Andy. That made me smile. The magical girl, Asuka, reminds me of CSI Miami. We all know that the famous meme with David Caru- Caruso taking off his glasses and making bad puns with a serious face. During the Shields hero discussion, I was sweating because I thought, O.I. Oh, loose Lips Joey. Wait, what does O.I. Oh, mean? Uh, anyway, Boy. Loose Lips Joey.
0: Maybe that. Oh,
1: Oi, oh, Loose Lips Joy was going to give away the whole plot. This is the burden that anime first viewers have because manga first viewers tend to have a need to just retell the entire plot, whether they're <laughs> asked to or not. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Also, Dororo Rocks, gotta watch more of that. And Teketa, or however you spell it, is a show I've never heard of either. Before Madoka, the only thing resembling a dark magical girl show was Kaleido Star, I hope I got the name right. And if you've seen a kid riding a star costume, riding a star creature, sorry, that's the one. It's more like a dark Pokemon than a dark Sailor Moon. So thank you for the... Oh, also, he corrects himself. Points, not points. But yeah, I already corrected you when I read it out. Thank you for the long comment. Yotaro Vegeta, again, no hard feelings. Uh, And now we come to our last comment of that episode, which is by Inocuous Blonde, who we have live on the chat, I believe. Take it away. Yes. Well, let
0: me just read this here. Ahem. Yep, like Yotada Vegeta said, reactions to sudden inappropriate touching, etc., vary widely and can often veer into awkward silence, especially if you're in a public situation where saying WTF, hands off, asshole, isn't the first thing you think to do. Besides that, there's a Power dynamic here for a certain, a very popular VA, one probably you really admire. Overstep a boundary and you might be less inclined to slap him off you than a rando grabbing at you at the street. This article, mm-hmm. which she links here, details more serious allegations than just being handsy at con signings. Many in the con circuit seem to have at least known Manana as having a reputation. And I know one person who was actively warned to stay away from him due to said rep. Thanks to Rio for the guest's commentary, too. Mm.
1: Well, thank you for that. And we'll get more on that later on actually because she does follow she does forward that article and I will be using that as the news story of today in order to as a jumping off point to update on the whole scenario as well as cover this article that she's forwarded forward. But thank you very much for your input as always, Innocuous. Yes, um, Thank like you said, very much. Uh yeah, and like I said earlier on, um with Yotaro's comment is that I that's you know, the position that he's arguing against is not something I completely hold. Um so yeah. I, I think those criticisms are warranted, but just to clarify my position, I'm not saying that it's someone's uh, responsibility to come forward necessarily. It depends on the situation. Especially in regards to unwarranted hugs and kisses. I mean, like, you guys are, um, you know, referencing something a bit more serious, such as the actual implications of groping and sexual harassment, which I wasn't covering that week. Anyway. Thanks for I that. I hope that clears the the air a bit, anyway, on that scenario. Um... And without further ado, we'll go on to the forum section. How how, how are we doing for time? Okay, two, 2 minutes. We're good. We're good. Um, okay, so update on the episode where we talked about East uh, West meets East in terms of anime that to cover was it to adapt Western properties. We have Yotaro Vegeta who comes with an update who says, uh, this is a tough, tough question. Someone somewhere has a webpage listing all of them, but I can't find that magical page. So I'm gonna go with edit. I found that magical list of... Oh, he actually he actually found the list. So, going to the magical list of anime co-productions, I'm going to go with The Animatrix. I love the hell out of The Matrix back in the day. Yes, even parts of the sequels. And it's great to get an expansion of the world and have some great Japanese artists work on it. So that's his uh, favourite adaptation of, like, a Western property in anime. I still own the DVD somewhere. I uh, don't have a player to watch it, though. So, I do agree that The Animatrix was a... Uh, an interesting piece. It has its ups and downs. Some, some shorts in it are better than others, but if you, if you like The Matrix and you like anime, definitely give it a look, I suppose. And the last post on this topic goes to tywall 20 who says, let's see, hmm, Captain Planet Captain America Oh, I know, uh, I know since it's a big game release, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, and thank you Andrew for getting my name right. Oh shit, did I get it wrong? Perhaps this time. I hope I said Taiwo 20 <laughs> the first time. Uh, I think it took Ichigo and TC and Red about five or six episodes to get it right. Well, I hope I certainly got it right this time, because I can't remember how I pronounced it. <laughs> so hopefully it's Taiwo 20. they um, so just dropped out the chat. Okay, and that brings us to our most recent form topic. I'm going to r- just refresh the page. Otaku culture. So, uh, is there an anime slash manga that got you into otaku culture? Not to be confused with gateway anime slash manga that just got you into anime in general. Uh, big thanks to Shieldbro Hero for providing the topic on such short notice. So, taking it away is actually the suggester himself. Shieldbro says, The show that got me into otaku culture was Infinite Stratos. In reality, it was actually a combination of that show and a website called Funny Mama, where people would post anime memes. I was a huge manga reader before but I did not actually get into the whole of culture until then. Interesting. i heard of Infinite Stratos, but I don't know much else beyond the name. So, I don't know. Do you know anything about Infinite Stratos, Red?
0: Infinite Stratos? Isn't that the one about the dude that ends up at the All-Girl Academy? Because he's like one of the only guys that can pilot a... Uh, they're not mechs. What are they called? Power Armor?
1: Um. Infinite Stratos... Uh, oh, oh, wow. So it's like a harem show?
0: Yes. Oh. Okay, so Infinite Stratos is with that one. Um, basically, it's just, uh, the the world has basically become, uh, the military at least has become, like, ruled by women because they're all very super powerful. They can all fly these suits that were created by this one super genius woman, and only women oh. can pilot them, except for this one dude who happens to be Uh, the brother of a very famous pilot. And so he ends up going to this all-girls school Uh where there are a bunch of other girls there, and then, like, other nations are like, oh, shit, the only other male Stratos pilot out there. We gotta get his dick. And then they send, like, their best Uh and brightest, hottest chicks to the school to try to get on that bone. And a Mm. lot of them fall in love with him. And then he's like... I bet. What? I'm a male protagonist in a harem anime. I have no idea what's going on, but I know I have one boner for my sister. Ha!
1: And then that's basically how it goes. Oh, God. I see. Well, um, it wasn't completely out of what I was imagining, I guess. (laughs) Anyways... And next we have a post from Zaldera who says, I guess technically it was Bubblegum Crisis 2033, which was the anime I watched while in university that got me back into anime originally and into the otaku culture. If you really want to be pedantic, I guess Dora... The thing is, as I got shit for saying this name wrong, uh, I'm going to just say it the way I said it originally, Doraemon, (laughs) which was also my first (laughs) anime I watched, Uh, may count here as it may have sub... Consciously got me going down the route of Otakudom. Oh, it's got a question mark. Otakudom? So yeah, those are your three shows, um, or two shows. Interesting. I I've heard you mention Bubblegum Crisis and Dora a few times actually in the past, so makes sense. And I think that's the last post actually. Which I'm not I can't blame anybody for because you know I did get this up pretty late, so. Uh what about you in terms of the culture, Joseph? The culture? yeah like the what what anime manga slash got you into like uh otaku culture
0: uh let's see here well it was actually my cousin who got me into anime and manga um mm. i forget exactly what it was i remember watching d v d s with her on her p s two at my at her house in the... All the way out in Albany or Syracuse Schenectady uh, when I used To live in Binghamton And I think At one point I think she was I think it was Sailor Moon that she introduced Me to Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there were some other Anime it may have been Love Hina As well that she introduced Me to some stuff about that But I think Uh the one that really Got me like started into like being a big otaku was one year my father uh, and the rest of my family and myself were all traveling back from Florida going back home and we're taking a train and my father surprised me because I was talking about Ranma one half and how I love the the you know like I'd like the show now I really like it. I hope I can get some manga. He went to a bookstore uh-huh. before leaving and he found like bits and pieces of a manga collection for Ranma and he bought me all of them so like it had like volumes one two three and then volume four or volume one two three volume five uh seven and then like 10 or 14 or something like that so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it was a little bit out of order but uh on the train ride home I just locked myself in the sleeper car and just read and read and read and read, and I read it over again and again, and I was like, "This is my life now."
1: <laughs> so I definitely <laughs> I think it was
0: so, the Ranma was one half. We- it
1: was less of like a, a trance. It was like a transformation, and more like a you were in before you even realized you were in sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I think it was like my cousin planted the seeds, and then I watered ah. those and fertilized them with mm-hmm. Ranma. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Yeah, I do know that you have a certain, uh, a certain affinity towards uh, Ranma itself, which I've heard uh, had a fighting game, which was apparently actually really bad recently. <laughs> I was like, oh, I heard Ranma One Half had a fighting really? game. Really? No yeah, I never knew about this. Yeah, apparently it had a fighting game, but you know, anime fighting games don't always. Well, actually, I'm going to say the majority of the time don't turn out so good, which is like, sad like because Shonen so many Shonen Jumps
0: the, uh, fighting game yeah. that just came out, which is critically panned. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well, the thing is, is like I saw it coming. It's like um you know it's it's a it's another one in the series of uh the J Stars games they've been making, so that was Jump Force, but they also made a previous 3D fighting game called J Stars for like PS3. And that game is glitchy as fuck, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's really glitchy and janky. Uh it relies just on cutscene stuff. And you know, just just as a testament to how much it glitches, you know how you, you, you play a game and you can save a replay? Okay. If you play back a replay it doesn't replay the fight that actually occurred. It Sometimes the replay fucks up, and it just kind of, like, your guy stops moving, so it's like, this isn't how the fight went. So they screwed up even the replay system for some reason, and it feels so untested that, you know Madara from, like, Naruto, like, he's, like, one of the last bosses from... Yeah. Naruto, yeah. His, his super move hits himself. It, like... <laughs> He he sends two meteors down and an explosion hits himself. Now luckily they were considerate enough to make it so that um he doesn't take any damage from it. But he still like he summons the meteor and he still gets he gets stun locked into it, going like ah, ah 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 as if he's getting hit. <laughs> but they didn't have time to fix it, so they just make it so he takes no damage from the from the attack. But it's like how do you screw this up? You made like a cool character from an enemy look like an absolute chump by making it look like he hits himself with his own attack. So yeah. I knew this was kind of going to be in bad hands because it's like you know Bandai Namco. They have made good games, but whenever they make like these like three D fighting games that are a bit more experimental, they emphasize more about graphics and presentations and cutscenes more than they do actually gameplay. So yeah, well, that was that was the Ranma thing. Uh, how did we get here again? Oh yeah, otaku culture. <laughs> uh, for me, it was uh, well, I had, I I kind of got into anime. Like, I was always sort of watching anime, but I really kind of got into it when my friend showed me DVDs of, like, Full Metal Panic, and um, another anime that m- many people probably don't know of, that wasn't very popular, called Spiral. don't know if anyone's heard of it. Probably not. Uh, it's a mystery. It's a mystery show. Features the Blade Children. Um, so those were, that's what kind of was my gateway in, because that's when I realized, oh, anime is actually a thing? Like, there's actually like a lot of stuff that is like this that just a few cartoons that I like watching that's on Toonami. Um, but then as as for Attack of Culture itself, for me, it would be it would be Lucky Star because that one, you know, covers things like what it is like to watch anime. It really was it's steeped in the the culture of watching anime at the time. You know, it had a lot of current references to anime, including Full Metal Panic in it. Uh, it covered things such as conventions and it made me realize how big... Because, you know, at the time, I guess I had broadband internet, but it... I was still fairly new to it at the time so it kind of really made me realize oh shit, there's like a lot of people who are actually already into this thing this this anime thing I'm from a small hometown, my hometown's a small place in East of Scotland so you know, there, there were barely anybody who was, there were barely any people who were into anime you know so much so that I didn't even know how to pronounce the word anime, I called it anime <laughs> back then so um, yeah, that was embarrassing, but um, yeah that's that was my that was my gateway into the community, as it were, or Otaku culture. So And I think that about does it for that forum post. So we can probably move swiftly along.
0: Alrighty then. And we shall move right into the industry news. And I will start here with my first piece of news, which uh, last week you talked about the uh, new piracy laws that Japan's going to be trying to introduce. Um, yeah. Yep. And how they're kind of very wide-scoping. Well, the news about those piracy laws has actually warranted some backlash, and not from the people you might think. You are maybe thinking, oh, well, obviously the otakus and the pirates out there are gonna raise their fists and shake it at the sky no no not in this case because it's actually the artists that are complaining here that's right the manga artists the ones that are supposedly being protected by these piracy laws are the ones that are complaining now uh Mm -hmm. the uh even though the laws are made to you know try to protect them Uh, One manga artist who is among one of the critics of the law, the uh, Nadame Kantabali creator Tomoko Ninomiya, posted a tweet on the 13th of February, basically stating who asked for this. uh, When the Twitter users responded saying that the Japanese Agency for Cultural Affairs has yet to define the specific terms for how and when the law will be applied, uh, Nino Mia responded something so vague should not pass. Another user linked her to an article about why Japanese publisher Kodansha supported the motion, to which she replied, I know about this, I'm talking about the part that's not stated here. Uh, Ken Aramatsu, Love Hina and Negima creator, also shared multiple articles on the subject on Twitter and wrote several tweeted threads dissecting the implications of the law. He stated that the law will make Japan into a country where it will be really easy to pester and bother people with the threat of being arrested. He said that until a legal document outlining the specifics behind the law is released, then not even a lawyer will be able to interpret the full implications. So basically, Mm. uh, for those of you out there who don't really get law, the only reason lawyers are good at being lawyers is because they know the laws. They've studied yeah. them, they know them, usually just thinking about them. You know, they've memorized mm-hmm. laws, that's how you become a lawyer. If they're
1: a very good lawyer, yeah. And if yes, so if lawyer, you're a very good solve. one, yeah. you're
0: a convincing lawyer, it's because you know the laws and you know the loopholes. Mm-hmm. In this case, Japan will be able to do something that will make a grey zone into this gigantic grey zone that covers all sorts of subjects where a lawyer can say like well look here at point a it doesn't make sense and then japan can just be like yeah yeah eh, we're just going to do it anyways because it's a gray zone and we can just change our mind here mm. it could be like but he shouldn't be arrested sir look this is copyright th- this is for copyright free and it's like nah nah overruled nah
1: yeah i see uh,
0: Kazeto Kino Uto creator and the head of the Japanese Society for Studies in Cartoon and Comics, Keiko Takamiya, released a statement on the 23rd of January saying, "If this law passes, I fear that it will cause a fan, it will cause fan activities to wither and the relationship between manga artists and their fans will be diminished." Hmm. And, of course, this news has been a pretty hot-button topic on Twitter lately, especially in Japan, yeah. with the word for so. copyright infringement becoming a trending word over the past few days.
1: hmm I mean, obviously, yeah. I don't speak legalese, especially Japanese legalese, but I'll leave it up to them in order to deliberate it. But, you know, we were talking about this before the show. If it's so vague that even the lawyers can't wrap their heads around it and it can be just used flexibly by whoever's accusing... They're going down a dangerous path right now where, yeah, they definitely need to fight against it, basically, and make sure yeah, it's, it's like, if I get gets it, passed, it has to be specific.
0: That Japan probably wants to stop it. They want to stop piracy because, like, their major export right now is probably, of anything, manga and anime. Mm. And piracy is diminishing that to hell and back. I mean,. Let's not uh, kid around here. I get most of my manga online, translated for free. Most of my anime online, translated for free. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not paying for any of this stuff, and I only ever pay for it if I enjoy it. But you know, that's just the way the world works these days. So instead of you know putting their foot down and being completely like. You know, putting up barriers and trying to arrest everyone for even slightly looking at something that is copyrighted, then maybe they should try to find ways to work around it. Make things more affordable, make things more available.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yep, yep. I mean hopefully before it gets passed. I don't know how long they have until it, the whole thing gets passed through. So I don't know how long they have to prevent it or do something about it, but I don't know how even these things get conducted in Japan. It's very different, sort of.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's it, a committee yeah. it has to go through and and mm-hmm. things that has to be passed by and all sorts of stuff that has to be approved. You know, mm-hmm. I don't even really understand the legal process in America. All I know is that bills go <laughs> exactly. to the president and he usually vetoes yeah. them.
1: Yeah, usually Congress will stop it from passing or whatever. Usually, so like nothing gets done generally, or they decide yeah. a budget that can't be reached, and then they complain about how he failed to meet budget <laughs> when they actually decide the budget to begin with. Uh, all that sort of shit. So breaking the glass ceiling and whatnot. Wait, isn't the glass ceiling and in... wait is that to do with stuff being Politics? passed? Isn't that to do with like? Yeah, I thought that was to yeah. do with. I uh, thought glass ceiling is in. Oh, is it?
0: Yeah, usually I've has always to heard with glass like...
1: ceiling used in regards to like, what's its name? I know I don't want to bring up the topic, but you know, feminism usually isn't it usually talking about like wage gap or job progression or something? Like they huh? always talk about there being a glass ceiling. Nope. Never. No, the the
0: glass ceiling here is the is usually uh, whenever they talk about recently in politics is usually referring to the uh, the whole like uh, putting down like a budget for. Uh, you know, passing budgets so that you can raise the spending uh spending limit or whatever for the for the government. I mean the mm-hmm. only reason America even went into shutdown is because, well, one, Trump didn't get his wall like he wanted, but two it was also because you didn't want to spend any money. Right. No, Mariner it, Burt here is yeah. has a, a literal definition of oh. glass ceiling. Which is an unofficially acknowledged barrier to advancement in profession, especially affecting women and other members of minorities, so you are ah, correct so that's I meant it by does refer to yeah. that, but yeah, that's
1: uh, what I, that's what I usually hear yeah,
0: yeah they at least lately in the news, the glass ceiling is usually referring to the budget and the mm-hmm. government spending
1: mm-hmm.
0: so maybe it has something to do with I don't know how that would include members of minorities and women with the budget. That's weird. Politics. It's something to wrap your brain around. Speaking of wrapping our brains oh, around something... I know.
1: Oh, God. I know. That's, yeah. I've been kind of stalling. Enough, enough
0: stalling, my friend. Get to
1: it. <sighs> Fuck, man. Alright, okay. So, uh, basically, I got forwarded a news article. This is essentially an update on the whole... Vic Manana situation... Um, I got this forwarded to me in the comment section of the last, like, two episodes ago. Episode by Innocuous Blonde. So, it's an article on the website, on the io9 Gizmodo site. I'd never heard of it, honestly. Uh, by an author called Beth Elderkin. And I'm gonna summarize bits of it before giving some thoughts at the end. So, basically, it only got posted on Tuesday last week. But, what I will say, summarizing it, obviously, have a look at it if you're interested uh, and you think, again, I'm taking things out of context, or you think I'm misrepresenting it, go ahead and have a look. I, I think I'm going to try and keep things concise and agreeable. But anyway, uh, summarizing, because this is fucking long, despite it coming out just last week, it does go over a lot of things we already know in terms of the complaints about him and allegations um, by people by various people on Twitter and such. Uh, it starts off with an idiom about how uh, there's an the old Latin saying about, in Greek or something, about how silence gives consent, and this is in reference to apparently a line that Minyana said during an interview. I, I'm i not sure what this interview is, but honestly, I read this at first. This entire article, um, I can definitely say is on the, um, w- nobody would really argue with, is on the, uh, Kick Vic side of it, because there's either the Kick Vic and then there's also the I stand with the Vic side of things. Um... It starts off with Tumbl- a Tumblr blog about Vic Mignano talking about how he, quote, a, gr- a 56-year-old man who aggressively hugs, grabs, touches, kisses, and propositions women, often without asking for their consent. End quote. Just ending that quote there. Um, I do think it's kind of um, interesting how they've mixed in, like, this serious allegation stuff with, like, you know, maybe it's just a set of the times, maybe I'm just old-fashioned, but I'm just very surprised that hugs... And kisses are mixed in with, like, grabs and touches and propositions. Like, you know, the actual serious allegation stuff is mixed in with, like, aggressively, openly, you know, hugging and kissing. I'm like, wow, we really are in a, in a different time than when I was raised. But, you know, I said I said, I was like, European-style greeting. I wonder how they would take to that. Would that be, like, double assault, given that you kiss both cheeks? Um, Anyway... So it goes over about how the community thinks about him. Uh some stories from the voice actors. Uh there also are other voice actors here. The thing is, a lot of them go unnamed. A lot of the sources go unnamed, so it's the usual same old, same old. I would like to say that there's a lot of new information in this article, but there's not a lot. Um Yeah, there's an article there's the statements from voice actors like Jane McGonagall about how uh this has been going on for like upwards of fifteen years. Given that Vic Mignogna has been in the industry for twenty years, that's quite a long time, honestly. Uh, then it gives a bit of backstory into his career. Don't really need to go over that, including the Broly film and such, and about his termination with Funimation and Rooster Teeth. So I don't really need to say that again. A lot of this is kind of rephrasing stuff, so I don't really need to go over it too much. Uh, then it then it uses like aliases, like voice actor Charlotte recounting an experience with him. I do want to note here that they always, like, well, they don't always give Vic's side of the story. He hasn't responded to all of these. In most cases, he's said that he's denied it, or it hasn't happened these ways, whenever there's any stories here. Mm. Um, so it's just basically their word against his. Um, but I do find it curious that they always, like, uh, tend to go off just one sentence from Vic, or just saying he denies it, whilst giving him a lot of, um, whilst giving the people who are accusing like, the majority of sort of the text space here. They also referenced that this entire thing kind of came out first from the Anime News Network article, which I have already went over with you and uh, everyone else by this point was definitely kind of a smear piece because of the, um... You know, how they used that picture out of context with a fan who later came out and said that, no, she was totally fine with that picture, and she actually asked for that picture. Um... So it is a bit, like, one thing I will say early on here is it's a tad shady given that they they reference articles such as this um, without updating that, you know, this, like, the wrongdoing that has been uncovered since. And this was posted this week, so it's recent, so the information about what ANN did, um, especially in fact that the um, the article itself, that article, the ANN one, was written by a lady called Lindsay Loveridge, who... Uh, apparently collaborated with Mars Girl, more on her later, and also the website Anime Feminist to create this piece to begin with. Uh, You know, the hostility towards Vic has been sort of constant overall anyway. So yeah, they go on further about the allegations a bit, detailing things such as him doing a tight embrace, inviting people to his hotel room. Again, you can read it for the full story, but you know, you can make of it what you will. There is even some that they've tried to quote what he said here, it is presented in a way that really kind of makes it sound disturbing. Like, honestly, if this is all true, it's pretty fucked up. But again, I'm just going off their words, so I'm not... I'm gonna be as sceptical, especially given the details that I'll be going over at the very end here. Um, Talking about the hotel management, he denies that it happened. Yeah, stuff like about him making advances on other staff members. Then there's another um, testimonial from another voice actor called, going by Gretchen. And again, a lot of these things always talk about, like, unwanted contact, but they, like, again, they, they, they kind of leave you to infer based on their language. They never really let you go about, like, um, whether it's is it just the hugs and the kisses or are we talking actual groping here? And then some of the ones where they do talk about it being like this one says that he grabs a handful of their hair so they pull, and he pulls them closely and kisses their necks and whispers into their ears. And he says and this person says that they sometimes happened in public, you know, at actual like uh, fan meetups and like convention stands and such. Thing is, is that if this is happening at those stands and conventions, somebody would have filmed this. I'm just saying, like there should be evidence out there that someone should submit if it exists. Again, if it exists, given that um you know even when they tell you not to record at anime conventions, there's always somebody who's like sneakily, covertly using their phone to record something. You get these clips on YouTube all the time of like these these panels that happen. So honestly, if this has happened, you need to forward this evidence, especially since this is going to be going to court later on. Um, but otherwise, you know, again. This could be taking with a pinch of salt, shall I say? I suggest taking it with a pinch of salt anyway. Uh this is going be, this is apparently dating back. Again, there's also another testimonial from a cosplayer called Diana. Same sort of story. Um uh, and I'm just trying to sk- skim over it as much as I can. Again, headsboard against theirs. Um Blah, I'm just trying to see if there's anything else worth actually gleaming here before I go into the conclusion. Uh do do do. You also talk about um, Vix Fan Club. Uh, what are they called again? The Bull something. It's, it's it's a Full Metal Alchemist reference. Bull um, Rangers. That's it. And about like a former member of that coming out and saying that they, he had unwanted interactions with them. Again, a lot of again vague wording, so you can't really. On one hand, if I'm being charitable, they want to protect their like their identity, so they don't want to share their names out there. But on the other side, they don't want to get sued, if it turns out they're actually lying about him, so... Again, it can go either way. I'd say reserve judgement. Uh, that's the Discord chat. There's... Former members, I think I covered that. Do-do-do... I don't think there's anything else important here. Something about the Broly movie... Okay, but anyway, I think I can generally just sort of round it out from here, because... I would say that again. If you were to take the story at face value, um, it does look really bad. I would again call into quit, but I still would encourage people to like really think about this, have a look at it, read it all if you want to, um, but consider the a, a broader context here. This is definitely a piece that is definitely like flat out biasing. It's it's possible, well, not even just possible. It's biased against them because if you look at the image at the very top. Like this this article is outlined is his headlined with this this black and white grey image of Vic coming towards the screen, black and white, with his fists clenched. And out of his back are red arms, like vector arms from freaking like I don't know, like again, I think it's like ReZero or like those kind of weird vectors that come out of like Medusa from Soul Eater. Or like um, uh
0: the invisible hands from Elfin Lead.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, yes. It's like the Declonius hands. That's right. So, again, if you had any sense of tone with this image, I mean, that says it all. And also, I did a little bit of journalism of my own on top of that. And looking into Beth Elderkin, I don't necessarily want to take her straight out of her word, given that she herself, okay, and this isn't even being conspiratorial, has has worked with Channel Awesome, which is the site that hosts Nostalgia Critic, which is also the same site that Mars Girl is from. Who is also who was also a um, one of the talent that was on that website. And she's the... If you don't know if you haven't heard Mars Girl, she's I mentioned her earlier on, she's the one that collaborated with the people who wrote the Anime News Network article. And it's also the one behind creating the hashtag KickVic to begin with. Um, she is in contact with Beth Elderkin, the writer of this article, given that if you even just check their Twitter, you can see that they actually have had exchanges with each other since 2014. 24- Yes, yeah, since 2014. Um, so, you know... Again, pinch of salt... But I'm not going to say there's no motive. And the reason I call this all into question is... either wrong when I was addressing Yotaro Vegeta's comments? I was talking about giving people the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time... So I don't want to... Um, what's his name? Immediately assume ill intent from either side. But the fact remains that... One side not going to tell you which has shown more, cli- more signs of falsifying evidence and there's more presence for that over this week given that there was a false swatting that was faked that was used to basically label the kick, not the kickfic, the I stand with Vic side as calling in swattings but that was shown to be false given that the photograph that they used to show the swatting uh, dated back to 2016 so... They basically made up evidence to make the um, I stand with Vic side look worse than they did, worse than they are. And the furthest development now is that you know I I'd say that they're very brave to post this this article to be honest to begin with because Vic is now pursuing legal uh, help now. There's actually there was a Kickstarter for him and a, a lawyer on YouTube went over what he can do what he should do if he decided to take this forward legally. Um. And, you know, on the other plus side, any surplus of money made from his um, from his uh, campaign, you know, from the Kickstarter or GoFundMe for his legal battle, any leftover will be he says he's going to provide, it's going to be sent to a, um, was it domestic abuse or victims of abuse or something? Um, some sort of charity anyway, which is mm-hmm. funny because there were some people who came out against it because again, because it's being supported by Vic, it must be a bad side sort of thing. They were like, Oh, Salvation Army! They're anti LGBTQ plus thing. So it's like, uh huh, just because Vic supporting it, I suppose. But uh yeah. Anyways, so there's that. It's going to court now and some people on the uh Kickfist side are now already in fighting and some of them are already kind of shitting their pants, especially I think one of the people who were instigating the false wattings. Um, trying to reach a olive branch out to Vic because of all this thing. But I guess they didn't expect him to actually fight back some of them, so It's far from over, and again, if there's any evidence that comes to light, open to it, but it should definitely come out when we get to these proceedings now, so it's only a matter of time. But yeah, that's pretty much it. That's my, well, that's it with uh, the article and my opinion on it. Again, take it with a pinch of salt, I'd say. But you can't say that if only posted articles in support of one side now, given that we've now just addressed one that's on the opposite side. Too bad it's so long that I can't read it all, though. But what what are your thoughts before we move on, uh, Joseph, on this? Since I I mean, be I've been taking the pot spotlight,
0: I have already said most of my piece on this issue. I do feel that, like especially now that Vic is definitely taking or he's looking in legal action now, and a lot of the people who are were on the Kick Vic side are like, oh shit, uh, uh, just just joking, bro. Uh, uh, sorry, I I didn't mean it. Or that you know that tells me that tells me like. Vic was just like letting him get beat up, and then like he was finally like, "All right, enough!" And then people were, like, "Oh shit, I didn't think he'd actually react." Uh, uh. Mm-hmm. Only like the most hardcore of people will probably stand their ground, and if they have no evidence to back up their accusations, they're gonna get sued.
1: Yeah, like, basically, gonna lose money. Basically, for it, they're gonna be they're gonna be charged for damages because it's not gonna be hard to prove that this entire thing has damaged his career. I mean. Come on! He lost his fucking job at, wrist, teeth in Funimation. You know so yeah, he's, he's That's not gonna been, been hard to ostracized
0: prove. from conventions, and you know, yeah. conventions lost themselves are like so, talking about yeah. threatening people who are with, you know were the rest that if they show up there, as you mentioned yeah. before.
1: Yeah, because if all you um, have is uh, a majority Twitter post, it's not going to be enough. So you're going to need more to actually back up your statements at this point.
0: No, yeah, which. They really don't have right now. All they just have are accusation after accusation after accusation. and
1: Yeah. It's ad popular, yeah. where it's like, well, there's so many that maybe one of them is real, but you know, it's unfortunately... where like, there's
0: smoke, there must be fire, right? Right, guys?
1: Yeah. Right? It's a shame that there's just been so many people who... Well, so many cases, too many cases so far, people who unable to cover their backs and have been exposed as lying about it. And it's even more disappointing that they are mainstream news sites and such, so... Ugh, no. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a it's a tricky subject, but I think it's definitely relevant in covering for this podcast. We're supposed to have our finger on the pulse, <laughs> and in yeah. terms of the anime industry, after all, so yeah. can't not talk more about def- it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's Go. basically my thoughts on it right now. I'm just waiting to hear yeah. more about what happens with the legal battles, and you know, seeing yeah. whether or not the big names like Monocariel may- maybe like you know back the fuck out and if people like that start backing off then it's definitely going to be like all right this was definitely yeah. a smear campaign like someone out there yeah, had the a hate boner for vic and they wanted to get him in trouble
1: yeah i mean that's the thing is i've made, i've heard from like one of the what's his named that law channel on youtube i can't remember the one but like they did come out with like it doesn't have to go to court if um you know if if they just talk about it outside of it you know and just settle the differences maybe retract a few things it doesn't have to go into a long, strenuous legal process, so hopefully this just gets resolved quickly. Because meh, it's just uncomfortable, no, oh. yeah, no doubt, and cringy what some of the what some of the other people are doing at this point. Just watching mm. both sides is kind of cringy at this point. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, yes. Anyways, yeah. Uh. So.
0: Right. So, uh my next piece of news here. It's uh it's a little bit a little bit more lighthearted. A little Yay! bit more like community coming together. So, uh if you're in I Japan, gotcha, you're a Japanese citizen and you're into donating blood, well, then maybe you want to start looking around at a uh donation site someplace because starting on the 25th of February, uh Red a Cra- uh, Red Cross Society blood donation sites all across Japan will be handing out um, sales at work calendars to the first 15,000 volunteers on a first-come, first-served basis throughout the country. Mm. So, uh, you know, I remember when I've donated blood here in America, I've gotten, you know, you you always get your standard snacks, your crackers, your cookies, your chips. You can usually help yourself to as much as you want because they usually bring too much. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've gotten shirts in the past. I've gotten stickers wow. and pins in the past and uh no i I would definitely be more apt to donating my blood if there was anime merchandise for for grabs
1: yeah, that was a great plus especially if it's an anime you like or when it's relevant. What is actually the did you say what the merch was specifically like it is badges, a looks? it's
0: like a desk- a desk <sighs> calendar um okay. for this year for 2019 that will feature cells uh-huh. at work um yeah it looks like right now it's known that it will feature uh red blood cell ah so it might not yeah. feature like white blood cell or platelet but um <clears throat> you know at least you'll have red blood cell who's one of like the major protagonists in the series
1: yeah mm-hmm <clears throat> nice character design yep sounds good you No, know, just uh, just i, I small, like it when these things little... happen where like anime is doing its small part to like contribute back to society and give back it's nice yeah. there's something nice i like yes yeah, warms the heart after what i've been covering
0: <laughs> yeah oh i think that does it for our news we can go right into our reviews And uh, I guess, oh, let's see here. Did you wanna? Did you wanna go first this time? I've been going first a lot lately.
1: Yeah, I, I, you, I can uh... go first just to change things up. I don't really mind. It's up to you. Yeah, let's let's let's,
0: really... let's let's scramble it up, shall we? Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, oh, oh. I like that. Like the puns. Like the puns. Good mix. Yeah. Ah, uh, so. uh just getting straight into it. My last uh, two reviews have been movies, so I just want to pile on third while we're at it. Uh, with one at her age range and subject matter that's usually beyond my jurisdiction. Maradoc Scramble, First Compression, is the first, Da. in a trilogy of films adapted from a series of cyberpunk novels by, i butcher your name now, uh, To Ubukata that have also been turned into manga as well. Disclaimer here, there are terrible things that happen in this anime, and if you're overly sensitive or a kid, you probably should skip this anime. I mean, hmm. this anime and this review. Okay, so getting straight into it then. You've been warned. Uh Rune Balot is a prostitute trying to get in trying to get by in the futuristic Kamina city, where she falls into the hands of an unscrupulous fellow named Shell Septinus. Post intercourse, he attempts to murder her by locking her in a limousine and blowing it up, but she is saved and turned into a cyborg by a man called Doctor Easter. He gives her a partner AI called Oofkok, who takes the form of a golden mouse and can transform into inanimate objects like a gun for self-defense, given that Shell is determined to finish her off so that she cannot testify against him in court. Shell is also in cahoots with this dangerous man called Dimsdale Boiled, another cyborg, and an ex-partner of Oofkok, who wants him back who also wants him back and has also enlisted the help of the Bandersnatch Company, who are eager to procure Ballot's body uh, body parts and feature, uh, and feature some of the most what-the-fuck character designs in anime, which is no small feat. So, can Ballot stave off these onslaughts on her life with her new cyborg abilities and bring the people that tried to kill her to justice? Probably. I haven't watched the third film yet, so I don't know for sure. But given that this is the first in a trilogy, don't expect that to be resolved here, of course. So... Now, on paper, it wouldn't appear that there's actually a lot to this movie, or a lot to the plot going on, because I summed it up, well, pretty much all the key stuff faster than usual. But the thing about the cyberpunk, or at least this brand of cyberpunk, is that the setting and plot serves as a canvas, where introspection and what it means to be human takes centre stage, despite all the tech. Ballot is the sole focus of this show. And I only, only scratch the surface of how screwed up her background is given that her downward spiral started when she was 12 where she was sexually assaulted by her father who was then shot by her brother right in front of her. Now, I have criticized anime that use subjects such as uh, rape, as a bad thing that just happens to women, it as, as a lazy way to give characters tragic backstories. You know, I, it's one of the things I had I I would criticize for instance Sword Art Online for doing where like he doesn't give the subject much thought, he just uses it as bad thing that happens to female character. But instead of actually delving into the subject and actually commenting on it. For what it's worth though, Murdoch Scramble does not shy away from that, both in how gruesome the acts are in the show's presentation but also with how much it analyzes the effect that it can have on someone's mind. The latter, I think is actually quite effective. We see how uh, Ballot's perception of subjects such as love have been formed in what she seeks more of a a platonic love over a physical one because of her past work as a, you know, as a prostitute. We see her low sense of self-worth, perhaps self-loathing formed from being so used over the past years, which culminates in a powerful scene towards the end where, Ballot's bitterness rises to the surface when she finally gains agency and power for the first time in her life all that's coupled with her will to keep on living despite all that makes the journey quite compelling and what I'd consider to be at the heart of the film I I particularly like the touch where she communicates by telepathically connecting to audio equipment around the place because she doesn't have a her voice module or whatever doesn't work correctly so she just telepathically you know signals devices which just adds to that sense that the most humanized character of the film is also the one that's not completely human either but hey if you aren't drawn in by the plot and the characters then perhaps the visuals will be to your liking with its high tech setting atmospheric lighting and animation that still looks quite good by today's standards almost a decade later brought to us by studio gohands behind no shows that I've actually watched, but there's um, what I could find. There was Copelion, Setokai Yakuin Domo, Princess Lover, and Kei, to name a few. It's quite a good-looking show overall, but I think what really adds to it is the direction that's quite atmospheric and kind of gets you immersed within its world. Even though you don't really see a lot of it, given that the show's, you know, kind of short well, the movie, while well, making it feel kind of eerie and unsettling with those kind of PTSD flashbacks that are given in, like, you know, uh, in different intervals, showing Ballot's troubled past. So, kudos to director Susumu Kudo, who I think clearly had a vision for it, uh, whether it was obviously it was effective for you may be subject to kind of how you interpret it, but, you know, to me it was, you know, it had enough of a motive to it, and I it was effective enough now it's not perfect i do not think uh, i do think it's uh, a bit bare bones in terms of the actual plot department and if i didn't allude enough to that earlier the various bad guys motives being uh, are a bit questionable given like, the extremes they go to in this uh, movie Still, I don't hold too much against the show for its lack of world building and bare bones plot given that it kind of focuses on the character where it really wants to and it's quite effective at it. And again, it's quite a short film being just over an hour, being an hour and 10 minutes long. Uh, And, you know, there are two more films to maybe perhaps improve on that. Character study alone... It's it could be kind of boring for some. There are a lot of drawn-out scenes, you know, like, today we're kind of used to anime being a bit more fast-paced, and that could be a problem for some with its pacing. It kind of goes by in a more slower pace, and characters talk to each other in, like, kind of long, drawn-out monologues and dialogues with each other. And so it didn't really bother me, because I think the script was still to the point, and it wasn't overly pretentious as it could have been, given, like, you know, it has themes and, like, stuff to it. But it didn't feel like it was being too, like up its own ass about it so to me I think it was actually alright so overall uh, I enjoyed uh, Marduk Scramble uh, first compression, it's got style it doesn't overstay its welcome too much Um, again, the character designs, the body horror stuff is a bit like you might be forgiven in thinking that I, I mean I'd forgive you for thinking that it's like a bit too played for shock but I think it kind of works given the kind of tone of the of the show itself and the setting they're going for um, I give it a solid or hard boiled crackers, I guess. In the end, uh, so stay tuned for when I get round to covering the sequel and the last film, which I have yet to watch. So, there you go. A positive review from Andrew, an actual positive one. Oh, Buy a nice. lottery ticket.
0: Yes. So cash it in quickly.
1: Yes. Indeed.
0: All right. Well, uh, I think we've been talking about a lot of dark subjects in this episode of Anime Pulse. I think it's time (laughs) to bring in a little bit of fluff. A little bit of fluffy demons.
1: Yeah. So, what
0: happens when you take hell and you turn it into a rom-com? Well, you certainly can't keep it full of horrible screams of the damned, brutal imagery of tortured souls, and terrible creatures that bring suffering. That'd be too unique. Instead, you want to turn everything fluffy and fuzzy with a heartwarming element. Make sure the setting looks as though it's like another Earth, but with magic. And, of course, you need to be sure to name your character after the most famous of Hell's denizens. No need to go breaking the mould or anything. Little baby steps. That's the way mm-hmm. to win over your audience. Sound good? Well then, yep. perhaps you'd be interested in a series called Bezelbud Joe no Okini Mesu Mama, or the English title goes, as Miss Bezelbud likes. <laughs> Firstly, you'll need a likable character. Mulin. The main protagonist, as it were, who in this anime is the personal secretary of the Lord of Flies herself, Bezelbud. Mulan needs to have a weak personality so that everyone around him can relate to him. He needs to be a bit of a sissy when it comes to the affairs of love and romance, because we all know only blockheads can resist the charms of their demon boss lying butt naked in bed. Oh, but be sure Bezelbud has no sense of courting someone as well. We can't have her progressing the romance that buds between these two after all. Got all that? Because that's about everything you get. What we have here is rom-com that suffers from any number of attempts that Japan has put forth into the category. Either due to the fact the writers are adults with no personal experience in love, or the trend of slow and slower is, a fact, drilled into the minds of Japanese youths. The series goes on to introduce a number of characters, each with their own perspective romance. There's the frustrating love of Belphegor and Azazel, where Azazel barely says a word to Belphegor because she's too nervous to talk to him. There's the awkward love between uh, Sagittanus and Azeroth, where Azeroth seems to do nothing but hit on other women, And Sarchitanis just hits Azeroth with her fists. And there's also the one-way love between Eryunome and Dantelion, where Eryunome enjoys getting off on watching Dantelion like some hardcore voyeur. In all of these scenarios, there's one glaring problem. They all go nowhere. Uh. Whenever we do have some progress, the anime is sure to take several steps back to prevent it from going anywhere. You'll want you you want so hard for something to succeed, anything at all, but there's nothing. So what does it have to offer? Well, the series does do a nice job at landing those heartwarming feelings, even if they are empty promises. And since the progress is at a bare minimum, you do get, or you uh, any you do get, uh, progress. Uh, It's like fruit in an oasis in the middle of a desert. It tastes like heaven and leaves you wanting more. But what's that? Is that another oasis in the far distance there? Perhaps an illusion created by the heat? Guess there's only one way to find out. Time to make that trek. In the end, as Miss Bezelbud likes is... Good enough, Clang Clang. Way to mellow out after watching something with an intense theme or a dark tone. There's very little substance, and you don't really need to have your brain running while you watch this one. But if you're not a fan of rom-com trend that Japan has been following lately, then I'd advise against wasting your time with this one. If I had to compare this to something, it's like wanting dessert after a nice meal, only to receive one of those those after-dinner mint chocolates. It's got the concept right, but falls way short of accomplishing what you want. The animation, uh, likely the real saving grace here, was done mm. by Liden Films. They've oh, also yeah. produced other works like uh, Killing Bites, Yamada-kun, and the Seven Witches, and uh, Roku Danashi Majutsu Koishi no Akeshik Records.
1: yamada uh, the Seven Witches was surprisingly good. If you yes, it one. was. I did that like that one, although good. I didn't care for the no, body like swapping. That. Oh, you don't like that as a, like a yeah? I'm not support, a big fan of body swapping
0: when it comes to anything.
1: Oh, just in general, interesting.
0: Yeah, just in general, it's uh it's like one of my pet peeves.
1: Hmm.
0: Yep. Interesting.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, in this one, um, they went with a very heavy theme for like watercolors leaving everything Mm. feeling very light. There's an emphasis on blur and saturation, giving you that fuzzy feeling I talked about. In fact, the sound design works well in conjunction with the animation, adding to the fluffiness of this fairy floss of an anime. The uh, positive note about the voice acting is that, as lacking as the story and plot was, the voice acting was on point. You can't generate heartwarming feelings without the right tones, and to that point, everyone performed adequately. Possibly outdoing everyone else was Belphegor, even more so than Bezelbud, as her voice just reaches into your heart and gives it a good squeeze. If you do recognize that high-pitched squeal, that's because Misaki Kuno is the one providing her voice. Same voice actress to perform Serara from Long Horizon, Momo uh, Kawamoto from March Comes In Like a Lion, and Shio Kobe from Happy Sugar Life.
1: Oh, wow, so it's the lolly from that show. Okay. Yes. Okay.
0: And my favorite character, I could have just done a silly and given this one to the succubus who leads an idol group and has a banging body, but I think I'll be a bit more logical here and say that... uh, uh Adderall Mitch is the winner. Designer of the clothes the characters wear, he exudes feminine undertones and is more or less homosexual. He helps out a lot in getting characters progress and is not shy about it. So uh for as Miss Basilbud likes, which is just a lot of fluffy rom com situations, I'm gonna hmm. give it a saltine.
1: Um, I think on my side saltine you crackers. cut like that. Oh. No, saltine, oh, saltine crackers. Shit. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, okay, now I got it. I was wondering why that's such a long pause. I was like, did you cut out? Oh, okay, no, you didn't cut out. Okay. What? Saltine no, I crackers. didn't cut out. Oh, okay, on my side, I just, all I heard is just, like, saltine, and then it's just a long pause. Okay, I got it. Saltine crackers. Cool.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's because it's not... Yeah, it's not at the level of being anything more than just that cracker you see at the back of your cabinet yeah. that's, like... You know, I am a little I am a little hungry right now. I could do with something that has like no flavor to it. Maybe a little bit of salt and just like not enough substance to do much, but at the same time just like I can just continually eat it and not really worry about divulging, you know, digesting too many calories. I'll have a saltine packet. Because when you take saltines, I'm- you grab a whole box of the saltine.
1: And you were right on the money earlier on because uh, I believe when you were watching the show, you you knew kind of what you suspected it wasn't really going to go anywhere big, so you kind of already had an inkling, a suspicion that this was going to happen. So
0: yeah, I I had a fear that that the rom com I don't know what to call it. We need a word for Japan's version of rom com where. It, I'm, I'm sure there is. Like, it probably exists in one of those dictionaries on the internet somewhere. Mm-hmm. Where it's a word for Japan's inability to have a rom com that progresses at all. Where How it's about just rom com zero. Rom com so it but It's
1: zero of the sugar. Could
0: be. It just there's just no progression. There's just no. Because they clearly love each other. They have feelings for each other. We as the audience can see that. But yeah. they as characters fail to see that and they just don't act on their own feelings. Yeah. And it's frustrating
1: fact, more than anything. In fact, it's it's not really like one of those things where like one of them's trying to confess and the other one doesn't hear it over fireworks. It's more like both of them are just okay with the status quo and just never progressing, even though like they clearly there's something there. So it's just kind of like, you have to speculate it yourself. The most you're going to get is fanfic writers at the end of the day.
0: To like actually ever
1: seeing any hopes of closure.
0: There's one scenario with Belphegor <sighs> and Azazel, yeah. um, where... Azazel is able to finally, like... um Become closer to, uh, become closer to Belphegor. or no? Uh, because Azazel, Azazel is like this giant, tall, quiet dude, and Belphegor is like this, you know, tiny girl who has to pee any time that she tries to talk to him because she's always so nervous. Um,
1: wow, what a quirk.
0: Yeah, and so. There's one scenario where she gets drunk, and she, like, gets very, like, clingy to him, and she's very open with her feelings, and, like, he's even, like, like, is this progress? Am I going somewhere? Is there, is there actually, like, it took her to get drunk for this to happen, but my god, I'll take it. And then the next day, Um. he's, he acts all, like, you know, he runs away from her, and then she starts, like, or... She starts, she goes and runs off to Belzelbud and starts crying like, he hates me. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, this fucking anime. And it all, and like later on, it just cuts to him and he's like, I didn't know how to talk to her after that. And it's like, you pussy fucking man. Yeah.
1: Although, although, although disclaimer advice to use at home, uh, best not progress any relationship in a drastic means unless you're already committed if there is alcohol involved. Best cover your tracks. Be safe.
0: Yes, if you do have a, a friend out there that you're super friends with and then they get drunk and they try to hop your bone, you know, just kindly push them off and be like, you're drunk. We'll talk about this just, tomorrow yeah. when you're not do drunk. Do not If do. you remember it. Yeah.
1: Yes. Even if you are 99.9999% sure that this that is you, that they on, want this. Yeah. Just do not. maybe not, just yeah. don't unless you're like if you're married, perhaps, or if you like you both have done this before, or blah blah, blah. hash this out, but <laughs> do not follow. Do, do as they do, do as we say, not as they do, not as they do in the enemy, so yeah, yes. bad things can happen so wait
0: till they're yeah. sober again, bring up the subject and watch them squirm, <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: watch them squirm Is that a yeah because then for, you'll be like, man, you
0: were really drunk last night, uh, and right, then I I like, what did I do? <laughs> well, you were hitting on me and stuff. You tried to get me to get in bed with you. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. No, I was into it, but you were drunk. I didn't want to do anything. But, mm. you know, if, you're, if, you are, if you do want to go somewhere tonight and not drink, oh, I've got some ideas. And maybe see where that goes. Maybe, yeah. you know, progress. Mm-hmm. Japan, are you listening? You need a rom-com with progress.
1: Yes, you
0: got all these isekai anime that are fucking actually doing it well, where characters are actually having sex or are just sleeping in the bed naked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> Last week's one, I noticed you added that to the um <laughs> the blurb for yeah. the Goblins. still butt yeah, about that. Was... that. <laughs> oh, it's a shame. Your head canon is still canon to you, you know. Yeah, it's fine. It's just as real. Doesn't it make it any less real. Lacy. Hmm.
0: Indeed. Anyways, so yeah. Yep. That's uh that does it for reviews. That reviews. does it for the show. But before we go, we a got word people to from think. our
1: sponsors. Indeed. Yes. Can you remember how many so, do you want to remember? I've got a list here. Do you wanna name some? We got tag algazero yep.
0: V yep. uh yep. Zal. Uh a Zal?
1: Oh yeah, okay. Is it Zal? Uh, he he's not level? listed, and he's not in the list. Uh, he's actually uh-huh. he is he does pay via PayPal, but he actually asks that he doesn't get mentioned.
0: Oh, uh, uh I mean not sell at all. Not that he's not yeah. he's not totally not helping at all.
1: Not at all. well, you don't want to mention him. <laughs> Stop it. There's too much. I'm there's not mentioning
0: more. it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> let's see here. There's V tag.
1: Yep. I don't remember the rest. You mentioned AlcaZero, then there's Phantom. Phantom on Shuji. Yes, and Shuji, you got them. And uh, Walter Aha. still says he's going I to update Phantom, the list, because there's still some more, yeah. but he'll update them.
0: Ah! So, so we have some mm. new ones we'll be mm. mentioning soon.
1: Also, shout out! We actually have a guest listener that we don't usually have. Another host from the the, sh- the shows themselves. We actually have Kaz from the Video Game Pulse. Big shout out here. Listen to that show if you're yes. interested in video games.
0: And and talking about. Uh, and then. They usually they talk a lot about. I've seen them, or at least I've seen a lot in their chat posts about mm. uh, Jim Sterling, who is top tier. He is. Top tier.
1: He the is a good choice. Character. I mean, if you like, the thing is, we don't usually have, like, at least spicy news to cover. It's only because, like, the big things happen that there's actually a lot of, like, stuff going on in the natural industry industry. Usually I just kind of do announcements. Video games, if you probably know this, video games always have controversies and shit going on. Oh, uh-huh, always, always. You know what I mean? It's a gold mine, so, like, I love how they just go over... Stuff that's happening in the video game industry definitely worth listening to if you like that sort of stuff and like hot takes from them so yeah if you like that sort of stuff that's your show go 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 to the video game calls. that's my enjoyment it's
0: so, like yeah. an actual Bowser taking over Nintendo <laughs> yes yes could have said it better anyways yes sort of anyways fun. that uh, does it for the show Thank everyone for listening, for tuning in, and until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong.